everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are very excited to be with you today to preview the Baylor game and week two of college football. Before we move into the content, we want to give a quick shout out to our Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you're following us at Loyal2RoyalPod. Also check out our website, RoyalStrongAndTrue.com, where you will find a lot of content that we will mention later, but mainly the weekend watch guides that will be pivotable. 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 Invented a new word right there. It's, it's kind of late right now. It's past midnight, so we're going a little bit crazy right now. Pivotal to your college football enjoyment. Let's get into it, boys. Let's boo. Yeah! Go Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Don't forget that strike! Let's back this booler. Yeah! Let's go wild. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Welcome in friends to yet another episode of the best podcast. Number one. Oh yes. Period. Exclamation mark. Mm. Today's a very special day. And why is that, Daniel? It's the day we get ready for game day. Ooh. How do we do that? By getting our throne duster to do some oh. palace keeping. Oh! oh. Tell, tell me, why, why are we palace keeping, gentlemen? Palace keeping? Uh, we have very sad news for you listeners out there. Or happy, depending on your emotion. Yes. Or uh, <laughs> national uh, uh, liberty. Or... State of colonization. Okay. If you were oh, colonized, okay. or if you were one of the 22 countries the UK has never invaded, <laughs> this could be good news. There's only 22 of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Breaking news, folks. The Queen has passed away. Bollocks. <laughs> this is like one of those pieces of news that like I see like the internet's like talking so much about, but like I saw that and I was like, huh, that in no way, shape, or form affects my day to day life. <laughs> yeah. Like it was just it kind of felt like an interesting tidbit. Like oh, cool or oh sorry. Like I I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't. First thing that came to my mind, God save the queen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now more than ever. <laughs> now more than ever. Now <laughs> No, that's just it. Uh, who's doing the uh, tub award for? Uh, I don't know. It has to be a living Gosh. relative, or you have to wait a hundred years. So, so maybe right. it's our responsibility to God save the queen. Mm. Mm. Okay. Oh, yes. Now that's a new well, interpretation. Let it be known. She will be saved. Also, what best, are we talking? The best <laughs> meme I saw was this video of an old lady skydiving, and it just said, "When when the queen wins in the gulag." <laughs> For all you gamers out there, that was, that was my favorite one. Wild. Okay, let's move on to some uh, sports talk. All right. Uh, let's talk about the AP poll. Uh, a new okay. AP poll dropped on Tuesday because Clemson was rude enough to play a game on Monday, pushing the AP poll back 24 Tuesday. hours. What are they doing? Freak you, Davos, when you honestly. The laborers. Honestly. We're having a day on Monday. Disgusting. They had themselves awesome. a day. <laughs> yes, they did. BYU came out at number 21 in that AP poll. How are you feeling about it? Still undervalued, I think. Yep. Yeah. I feel great. Okay. I feel really good about it, actually. We were at 25, right? Yep. Yes. Not a lot of teams ahead of us lost that did not lose to other ranked opponents. 
Okay. With the exception of, you know, Utah lost. Oregon got absolutely <laughs> fobber snockered, you know, yeah. dropped out of the top 25. But the fact that we moved up, we jumped teams that also won their games. For example, we jumped Houston, who beat a very good UTSA team. I think we're getting a little bit more respect from the national media, which I'd like to see. The fact that we did jump four after only beating USF. But I would like to talk personally and uh, maybe you know do a little Rumble Malice at the Palace version oh, of, with those uh, 13 Ooh. voters who did time. not include BYU on their ballot. Do you watch football? And I look at them, and they're like some small freaking like newspaper in Indiana. Like you know, they have never traveled to the West Coast. You know, they have never watched any football game ever west of their state, unless <laughs> their team has played in it. So it's just absolutely disgusting. Uh, I agree. Sorry, I went a little bit of rant there. Yeah. This is, this is going to be a very rant heavy episode for me. <laughs> I agree. I think us rising four spots is a good sign. However, I do think we are still a week behind. Okay. okay. I think we should have started around 21 at least. Fair. And this week we could have been, I don't know, 16, 15, something like that. And the rest of our season would be easier to get higher and higher and higher into that New Year Six uh, conversation where we all want to be. Yes. Playoff conversation. Of course. Playoff conversation. Yeah. I, I, I would go New Year Six. As of now, but we shall see. Playoff conversation, baby. Hope for the best. Um, anyway, so there were some big movers. Um, BYU obviously jumped up to number 21. USC is now number 10. Whew. Florida jumped all the way up to number 12. After being unranked. After being unranked. Mm-hmm. That, that tells you all you need to know about the AP Top 25. Um, but also, this is an interesting little tidbit. Georgia jumped Ohio State, obviously, with the way they played. Yeah. Um, Oregon is a glorified FCS school, so it's not like Ooh. that win really meant anything, but to the you know voters, whatever. Um, but now the top four is as follows. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. Uh-oh, that's some rivalries right there. That is something. <laughs> I hate fun. it. I hate it with all of my heart because they've already lined it up. You know that the, those four schools are not going to lose a game until the latter half of the season. Unless Jim Harbaugh does something stupid against Michigan State or something. Hey, could happen. Could happen. They are lining it up to have a two Big Ten, two SEC team playoff. That would be crazy. Which is absolutely disgusting. They're already like segregating themselves from the rest of the Power Five and the rest of FBS, really. Mm. So um, I would really like to see, especially Michigan, lose six games. Uh, I'm going to take the opposite. I'm going to lock fight you. Fight. Uh-oh. Fight. <laughs> what? No, I think that's good for college football. No, Jerry. Because no. if you have Alabama Georgia... Move to the Georgia, East Coast. Move. Move. If you have... Hear me out. Hear me out. If you have Alabama and Georgia in the CFP, mm-hmm. along with Michigan and Ohio State, that is going to cause an uproar. You will have three conferences, three power five conferences, mm-hmm. that are very unhappy with that. And you will get a push, as we've seen with the expansion of the playoff, you will see an even harder push for the expansion to come in 2024 rather than in 2026-27. That's my take Mm. on it. I regardless, I think the expansion is going to happen in 2024. They're just putting 2026 because they're bureaucratic idiots and that they're just (laughs) like, oh, we gotta follow the process. No, they are not motivated by following a process or or keeping to any contracts. They are motivated by money. And they are already estimating that the college football 12-team playoff model, I can't remember if it's two times or three times, but will either bring in two or three times more than March Madness does. 
That is insane. Yeah. If true, yeah. It's that's the, crazy. It's, they're estimating around $3 billion. Oh, my That is gosh. wild. For six games, which is insane. That's 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 crazy. Yeah. I think if that happens, I think that's the point where college football and college basketball sort of yes. break away, take their own paths, which, you know, as a boomer like myself, kind of sad to see, but... What can I do? <laughs> Just, uh, happy birthday, Boomer Dan. His uh, birthday was True. two days ago uh, as of the time you were listening to this. So, uh, yeah. Yes. One year older and wiser, too. Happy yeah. birthday to you. I'm feeling it in my back. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move along here. Yes. Um, one uh, item of palace keeping, Dabo got an extension. Uh, not huge news. I think this is a bad move for Clemson. Yep. Dabo is promoting from within. His mm-hmm. offensive coordinator situation is terrible. He's washed. He is All washed. All offensive coaches are terrible. He, he, is, he is washed. If he can't uh, start using the transfer portal, start hiring uh, experienced coaches from outside his own organization, that is going to be a very bad deal for Clemson in the future. That's all i got to say. I think their running backs – it's one of their coaches. I think their running backs coach – was, has no more coaching experience other than being a high school football coach before this. You, you can't do that That's and be the number four team in the nation. You, you, that is all the experience. It's yeah. absolutely disgusting. Luckily, they won't be top five for long. Nope. Furman, uh, baby. Last item of palace keeping is a fitting one mm. in that it is proper. Proper. Proper football. Proper football in it. Uh, just a little update on the BYU soccer team. Who happen to be women? Um, they have an up and down year so far. Definitely, yeah. Especially their defense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've been giving up kind of wacky goals. Uh, they just lost to Alabama last week, three to two or something. Mm-hmm. They were down three nothing in the first half, and just barely Thursday night, they gave up a tying goal in the eighty something minute. No, tied three to three. So they can score goals, but they need to figure out how to not give up dumb goals. Which I feel like is doable. Like if you can just do yeah. the fundamentals, they can get rid of those pretty easily, and then they'll have a lot better of a season. It's mistakes that they can fix by the time they get to the end of the season. And to what's the tournament called again? The College Cup. Cup. Once they get to yes. the College Cup, they'll have all that. of that cleaned up. The WCC tournament as well. So uh, hopefully we can get that cleaned up. Yeah. Yes, I hope so. Uh, any other items of palace keeping, or shall we move on? Hmm. I don't know if you guys heard, but there's kind of a big thing going down in the Provo, Utah area Ooh, this weekend. What sort of thing would that be? Hog wrestling. Oh, good. Just kidding. Between it's, two ranked teams. It's a BYU game, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, freak yeah, baby. Uh, before we get into this, can I go on a little bit of a rant? Sure. Yep. Go ahead. Um, first of all, I hope you can hear this through the microphone. I just slammed down on the table. I don't know. Maybe Jared will edit it out. Or maybe the volume. I don't know. I'm pissed. The number nine team in the country is coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The first time since, I think it's 2015 or 2016, when number 10 Wisconsin came and played in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We are ranked number 21. It is crazy to me that this game has not sold out. How in the hell is this game not sold out? Somebody... Please explain to me why there are still approximately, what is that, 80 seats left? Oh, more than that. At least, yeah. Over 100. There's a ton of, you know, there's little groups towards the very top of the stadium. You know, there was 
There were seats this morning available on the east side that has finally sold out. But on the south side, there is there is like six sections that don't have tickets. BYU fans, what are you doing? Don't, it doesn't matter your kids' bedtimes. It doesn't matter that, you know, oh, oh you know, I can't feel a spirit at BYU game because the fans are so rowdy. Ooh. They stand up. So I, I can't see the game sitting down. Get off of your freaking rear ends and cheer for your football team. BYU more than ever needs your support. Be real fans. Gosh dang. That's a good rant. Amen. How do you feel? <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> Upset, but glad I got it off my chest. That was All right. hate mail brought to you by Justin. Yeah. Okay. I have plenty of hate mail today. Uh, well, let's move on to something that is a little bit more uh, happiness-inducing. Mm. We have the uniform matchup, obviously the most important part of the game. BYU is going to bring out their all-royals for this game. They're going to wear royal pants, royal jerseys, and a new royal helmet that they have dubbed incorrectly a royal chrome. It is not royal chrome. Do they know what chrome is? I don't think they know what chrome is. But judging by their uh, reveal video, <laughs> they don't know what a lot of stuff is. That was one of the worst uniform reveal videos yeah. I have ever seen. It was a good idea. It was. I thought it was a really good idea. It was just kind of. I, I didn't mind the actual like them crashing through the glass either. I thought it was fine. Yeah. You just. Good concept. My only complaint was that you didn't really get a real look at what the uniform looked like because the lighting was so dark. One and two, the fact that they did what will BYU be wearing at the beginning and at the end. And at the end, I think they showed it. I think they did mm. that maybe so that when they posted it on like TikTok or something like that, it would be a smoother loop. Okay. Okay. But like on Twitter, where like it doesn't loop, and Instagram where it doesn't loop, it just, it just looked weird. It it looked very 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 weird. And my like yeah, it there's a whole slew of problems. Anyway, they're going all royal. By the way, BYU football has asked fans to wear royal to all games, regardless of color scheme, regardless of where the game is being played, home or away. That is a good sign. I don't think it means that we're only going to wear royal, but it is a step towards royal becoming the default color scheme for BYU. Royal strong and true, baby. Heard it here first. Exactly. Were we not the leaders in this? We maybe not the leaders. <laughs> or may, we're not we're not the founder, but we're definitely the CEO. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can lead and not have founded, right? People do that all the time. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, nickel face mask. How are you guys feeling about that? Uh, I didn't really notice it until somebody pointed it out. The uniform tracker guy. So yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, with I think it looks good. I think a white Nothing would look huge, better, but but I, I don't care. At the end, it's just an off white. At the end of the day, you're yeah. you're not gonna notice. <laughs> no. So I, I think it goes well with the royal. I think. Yeah, it, I think it lets the royal be the star. It doesn't stick mm -hmm. out as much as a white face mask would. It just okay. I like blends that. into the royal. That's cool. I, I like that a lot. I, I like, like that. that. Uh, Baylor, we have not heard anything on their uniform. Obviously, we're recording this Thursday night, so they'll probably release it as soon as we're done recording. Mm -hmm. Of course. <laughs> Question: Last year, we obviously played Baylor and lost, wearing navy. Yeah. Do you think they're purposely wearing royal to combat what they did versus Baylor last year? I don't know because they wore the exact same uniforms that we lost to USF in against USF. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't know if they even have that in mind. I don't know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't give them that kind of credit. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just they're kind of doing their thing and paying no heed to the fate of no. the universe. Maybe they just, with the first game, their intention was to break the curse. 
They have now <coughs> said that the curse is broken, and now they can do whatever they want. I, I just think they're doing this because last year they were the All Royals in Vegas, and that was great, but I think the home fans deserve to see the All Royal uniforms. Fair enough. Anyway, yeah. regardless, I think BYU wins the uniform matchup. Yeah. Yeah. Our Royals are hard to beat. They are very hard to beat. Yeah, that's, that's a clean, exciting, energizing look. I think the only way that you can beat it is if Baylor wears their all mustard cake yellows. Yeah, mustard bottle. That would be such an eyesore on TV. <laughs> on TV but that would be amazing. All blue with the all mustard. Color rush. Oh my goodness. That would be hilarious. It would be pretty cool, honestly. So let's move into a scouting report of the Baylor game, which our goal is to get you ready for this Baylor football game so that going into it, you have as much information as you need to be the most knowledgeable person on your couch. Remember what <laughs> President Nelson said. Mm. Good inspiration comes from good information. Ah, mm. Dan, spitting fire. Yes, sir. Here's some good information. Uh, Dan Katz, otherwise known as Big Cat, <laughs> from Pardon My Take, he gives out his you know game of the year, game of the century, game of whatever. He has upgraded BYU-Baylor. He said that B- the BYU-Baylor over, which is what he is putting his Cheez-Its on. Going for the over. Has I'm now sure it's only been upgraded to the Queen Elizabeth in Memoriam game of the year. All right. You'll have to see it. Game of the year and Queen Elizabeth Memoriam. So that's a cool thing, I guess. It's a very, very um, honorable move by Big Cat <laughs> paying his respects. <laughs> I and think this... M- Will be one of the games of the year for BYU. Oh heck yeah! I think yeah. Baylor isn't maybe not going to win the Big Twelve this year, but they're going to be very good. And BYU's season, I think, a lot hinges on this game for BYU. Mm-hmm. If we were to win or if we were to lose, I think that will decide, uh, in large part, a trajectory for the rest of the season for BYU. I have a take on that actually. I was let's, thinking a lot. Let's about hear. It. Let's hear. It. While I was writing the article that will go on the website here pretty soon, check it out, royalstrongandtrue.com. Make sure you're looking at Jared's weekend watch guides as well. Um, I was thinking a lot about it, and I think if we win this game by seven points or less, we will go 10-2. and two. Okay. If we win this game by eight points or more, we're going 12-0. Interesting. 12-0. That is my take on this. If we are doing... If we do that well against the number nine ranked team in the nation and we just beat them and beat them soundly, I think it will instill like a huge amount of confidence into our players that will get them over the humps they need to get over to get us to 12 and 0. See, wow. that's interesting. I am going to lock fight you again. Oh, no, Jared. <laughs> Jared. I think, I think if BYU wins by eight or more, then... The ceiling for BYU will... It's not to say that it won't be as high, but it, we won't know as much about BYU if we win by more. Because mm-hmm. I think this game, if these two teams are as good as people say they are, it's going to be a one-score game. Whereas if it's not a one-score game, then Baylor might be a little bit more overhyped. Now, mm-hmm. I, obviously, I think it could be that BYU is a freaking train and everybody needs to get on the wagon. Mm-hmm. But I think... If BYU does end up winning this game by, you know, two scores, three scores, then it might be because Baylor is a little bit overrated rather than BYU being a wagon. Let me give you an alternate scenario. Okay. BYU wins by 17. Okay. Okay. Three scores. Throwing it out there. Okay. Okay. BYU wins by 17. Baylor then runs the table and wins the Big 12 championship. You would have to assume... That BYU would be up there in the top 10, for sure. 
Well, heck yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. If BYU beats Baylor by a field goal, I think the most, the highest mobility we have in the polls is jumping from around 21 to the 16 spot. Okay. Depending on how things go in front of us. If we beat them by two scores, I think that could very well jump us to the 10, 11, 12 spot. So I think there is a lot of pole mobility that rests on how much we win this game by. I, I think you're right there. Yeah. I think since it's week two, the, the uh, AP voters, the geniuses, yeah. genii that they are. Except for those 13 that didn't um, vote for BYU. Screw you. Yeah. I think they're going to be have a lot more knee-jerk reaction sort of thing. So if we do win big, it'll set us up for the rest of the season by giving us a big jump. But I think, like Jared said, if we do win big, it could also mean that Baylor's just not as good as we think, and we'll have to wait and see if that's true or not. But it won't matter to the AP voters. But we'll still, Enough we'll still of the up. battered fans. <laughs> this is part of my rant. If we beat a team by a lot, that doesn't necessarily mean that that team's bad. That means BYU's just a freaking wagon this year. Let's hope so. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to so. con- convince you all of it. BYU is a wagon. Check out the article. It'll probably drop Saturday morning. <laughs> I will say... Everybody in Cougar Nation will be on the wagon if BYU wins by 17. It will be... It's going to be train wreck time, dude. Everybody's going to be on. Anyway, let's get to what we were starting to do, actually. Okay. It's a little scouting report. Sorry, sorry. Yep. We won't spend too much time on this, but we kind of want to give you an idea of what Baylor is going to do. Um, Blake Shapin, the starting quarterback, last game against Albany, in which Baylor won 69-10. Nice. Nice. I think the largest margin of victory in week one by an FBS opponent or by an FBS team, 69 to 10, that's pretty good. Blake Shapin was 17 of 20, 214, two touchdowns, very efficient, very Jaron Hall-esque, not huge numbers, but very efficient, good decision-making with the ball. Yeah, and he threw the ball really well deep. That's something that Gary Bohannon didn't have last year when we played BYU. Gary oh, yeah. Bohannon throws a very sporadic deep ball, a very erratic deep ball that isn't always on target. Blake Shapin throws a very, very good deep ball. So our DBs are going to have to be playing their best their best ball the entire game. Yeah, they had a lot of big passing plays and also big run plays that kind of inflated their rushing yards, if they will. Um, their yards per attempt was not the highest if you take out those big plays. But total, they ran for 259 yards, which is that's an accomplishment. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure, that's good. But we rushed for 314 yards against an FBS opponent. True. So, yeah. That's and, also true. And I will say, like, I don't know what to take from these numbers. We're just kind of giving you these for context. But I don't really know how much to read into these numbers because it was against an FCS opponent. Yeah. Like, we've seen good teams beat up on FCS teams and then lose. Like, take Ohio State last year, for example. We used to beat up on the bad teams. And then we got destroyed by Oregon and Michigan. So... I, I don't know how much to judge it, but just so you guys know, this is the context that we're giving you. I will say that watching that game and reading the analysis from Baylor experts, they were not impressed with Baylor's offensive line. Interesting. Baylor's offensive line was not getting a lot of push and was not opening up very many holes. They're actually pretty concerned about the offensive line. Maybe that's a get-up-and-go issue where, okay, we're playing Albany, the play calls are very vanilla, but if their offensive line is not... At not to par of what they were last year, that will be very good for our defense because if we can limit their run game, that will change the game entirely. I think this is where the game is going to be won. I think it's going to be on the BYU defensive side 
last year, it was pitiful, uh, to say the least, um, our defense. We could not stop them. They got out to an early lead. It was 38-17, to 17, if I remember correctly, and then we came back and made the score at least a little more respectable at the end there with that last touchdown to Puka. So this is what I'm worried about. I'm worried about our defensive line versus their offensive line in the run game, but they lost Abram Smith. They have lots of questions about their offensive line. Even the Baylor experts have these these questions, these doubts. About so that gives running backs too. And that, that gives me a lot of hope going into this game that – Maybe that's our weak spot, but it's also their weak spot. So it's not like it's going to be a mismatch. Yeah, so to wrap it all up, when our defense is on the field against their offense, our secondary is going to have to be very disciplined, not give up any big plays because their quarterback is accurate and he likes to throw deep. And our D-line is going to need to you know, stand their ground in the trenches and continue to limit their rushing yards. Some good news for Jaron Hall as he drops back. Uh, defensively, Baylor only hurried Albany's quarterback four times on 30 total dropbacks. That's for two sacks. Okay. So not getting hurried a lot. And one thing that their defense really struggled with, especially their defensive line and defensive ends, was quarterback contain on scrambles. Mm. That is extremely good news for Jaron Hall. Yes, that is very good news. I, uh, I want to say that Jaron Hall will take uh, advantage of that. But after last year with the injuries, I don't know how much he is willing to do those scrambles. In the USF game, we saw maybe two designed runs for Jaron Hall, and he didn't need to scramble, so we didn't really see it. So that's kind of a question mark I have, is how willing he will be to make those decisions to scramble. Mm. Fair question mark. Yeah. And again, they did play an FCS team. But against running backs, you know, the Russian game, their defense did a really good job. They only allowed 42 yards on 18 carries from Albany's running backs. Obviously, we should be a lot better than Albany in the rushing game, so it's hard to know exactly what they look like against us. But if we can do a lot better than them, then that'll open us open the game up for our offense, I think. So uh, there's this interesting stat that I found. Gregor Bell actually tweeted it. I Shout out stats. Okay. Um, yards returning for BYU and Baylor from players in last year's meeting. For BYU, passing, 342. So basically yeah. all of them, right? Yeah. Rushing, 34. Okay. No Algier. <laughs> no Algier. Um, but that was also pretty bad. We only had like 67 rush yards that game. Oh, wow. Um, but we were playing catch-up, so we didn't really run the ball a lot. But that being said, we didn't run the ball well at all. Mm. And of the receiving yards, 296. So that's good numbers, right? Um, for Baylor, zero passing yards. Blake Shaven did not play. Yep. Rushing yards, eight. Because <laughs> Abram Smith carried the ball the entire time. Also, those eight rushing yards, I think, are all from Dylan Doyle, the linebacker that got in on the scrum oh, packages. No. <laughs> so there's that. And then receiving, 54. So if anybody's worried about last year's matchup and how much we got worked on, you know, on both sides of the ball, just seeing that difference in how much of BYU's production is returning and how much of Baylor's is returning, that should give you a little bit of hope that this game is going to be different. And I guess that's my question to you guys. What is going to be so different this year than last year's game? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh... My wish is that BYU will try to establish the run a lot more. With the line they have, I think they can be a very dominant running team. 
and that can allow them to win games pretty easily and not have to play catch up with the passing game and Jaron Hall will not have to be our savior. I like that. So, against Baylor last time, we struggled very much running the ball. <laughs> That's no secret. Very much. If we can, you know, get out ahead in that this game, I think we'll be in control at home. I think this will be a very different game. Uh, last year, Baylor ran the ball on 60% of its plays. I do think that's going to change this year. Because Baylor does not have as good of a running back duo. Remember, they had a duo last year that did really well. Both of those running backs have since moved on from the program and entered into the NFL. They're going to be passing a lot more. One thing we didn't include in the scouting report is that in verse Albany, which you know is common against FCS schools, Baylor relied heavily heavily on explosive plays to move the ball. Very rarely did they sustainably move the ball down the field, which is what BYU is going to make Baylor do. We are going to (laughs) drop eight, probably, and prevent those big plays. Will some happen still? Yes. But we will be trying to make them go the length of the field. Can they do that? Not as well as last year. So that's going to be a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, Just to your point, looking at the... uh the drives from last week <laughs> they had one drive that was 11 plays 80 yards other than that it's like four plays six plays four plays four plays seven plays um and all of them end in these big runs or big passes so that's yeah. something that Tuyaki definitely is going to limit going through it i could only find one drive where they had a sustained offensive you know, drive all the way down the field, and even that was helped out by a pass interference penalty. Hmm. That plays right into Tuiaki's hands then. Tuiaki's yeah. getting a devilish grin right now. He's just like, oh, I can't wait for all these third and nines that Baylor's going to have to complete. And, and they will complete. They'll probably get about half yeah. of them. Oh, but, probably 75%. <laughs> but <laughs> if they only end in three points or zero points, I'm fine with it, right? That's okay. You just have to embrace Tuiaki for what he is. Especially because offensively, I think we're going to excel this game. I... I agree. I was just I think headed we're going there. to do very, very well. I want to hear what you had to say. I, no, that was my question. Is where do you think the game is going to break in BYU's favor? What side of the ball, what matchup will it be mm. that will give BYU the edge? I think we kind of know where Justin's going with this one. Yeah, I guess I can give my answer then. Uh, to be honest, I think that our offensive line is miles ahead of where they were last year. First of all, we got Kingsley Sumataya, Sumata, Sumataya at right tackle. <laughs> so I butchered that name a couple times. We have an offensive line where we have guys that gained 50 pounds. Not every single one of them, but we do have guys that gained 50 pounds over the offseason. They are bigger, they are stronger, they are better. And they're all healthy. Exactly. They are all healthy. Are we going to rush for 300 yards? Likely not. But we will have a respectable running game that will allow the passing game to be opened up. And more, most importantly, Jaylen, oh, sorry, Jaron Hall's bag. Play action passes will open up. We will be able to go over the top. I think we will record over 450 yards of offense in this game and probably score somewhere in the neighborhood of 35 to 41 points. Wow, I like that. Wow. I like that. That's bold. I love that. Um, I think I'm going to have to agree. I think talking about our defense, we have the guys to be a dominant defense, I think. It may be the question of the D-line, but mm-hmm. our D-line is not bad. Yeah, It's just not our strength. But I feel like our defense hasn't shown that big play ability yet. Mm. And our offense definitely has that capability with the skill position players we have. 
So I think in this game, our offense is going to be the group that really you know pulls us away from Baylor. Yeah, I agree. And I think the the position to watch to determine how this game is going to go is going to be BYU's offensive line and Baylor's de- defensive line. Because although Baylor lost a lot of production on defense, they still have Siake Ika in the middle, uh, East High School product, who noticeably struggled in the FCS game. Oh, Did not get wow. any push at all whatsoever. I like to hear that. I love to hear Excellent. that, actually. Because last year, that was where I think BYU lost the game, right? Because we couldn't run the ball whatsoever. It made us extremely one-dimensional, and then we had to play catch-up. We had multiple offensive linemen down with injury. We were not very deep. We weren't very experienced. Now we get all of that back. We're healthy. We're experienced. I think that's where we're going to light it up. Um, two things. One, fun little nugget for you. Nugget I got time. a nugget. Time to tug some nugs. The amount of yards gained by Baylor against Albany, 573. Oh? The wow. number of yards gained by BYU against USF, 573. No way. Wild. Oh, wild. <laughs> it was meant to be. This is wild. <laughs> meant to be. Second thing. I forgot what the second thing was going to be. So, bother. somebody take it. I, I got it. it. <laughs> One thing you need to look out for for this Baylor team that honestly kind of concerns me a little bit. We did not have a great special teams game last year. <laughs> or last, last week. Special, special teams is something that Baylor did really well at during the FCS game. The one punt that they had pinned them behind the five-yard line, but also the Albany guy fair caught it on the three-yard line like an absolute idiot. That is idiotic. Anyway. Baylor has a has very good return men. Gane Holmes took a punt return 72 yards to the house. Oh boy. Please, please, in the name of all that is holy in this world, kick the ball out of the end zone on kickoffs. Ed Lamb, are you listening? Please. Last thing. <laughs> Alright. We've talked about the matchup. Yes. The Jimmies and Joes. Mm. The scheme. Mm. What about the X Factor intangibles? <sighs> Two things for you. First off, this is our home opener. Ooh. Yes. It's a Saturday night. Good point. At the Les Talk Stadium. <laughs> Les Talk, baby. <laughs> a night game. I think The Rock is going to be wild. Mm. It's not sold out. That needs to change. I guarantee you The Rock, rock is will be absolutely full. It'll be rock loud. Full. <laughs> this stadium will be loud. Yes. I'll be in The Rock with my brothers. Let's go. Love to see it. Second of all, I think our players will want this game more because so many more of us have the bitter taste of the loss last year. Yes. Speaking of the bitter taste, this is just a little a little taste. Ooh. Oh, I see what you're driving <laughs> taste. <with> taste. <laughs> it's a little taste of what being in a conference is going to be like. Holy treat. Yep. Just just that feeling of like, oh, I can't wait to get those guys again in Provo. Like we're going to smack mm. them. I miss that about being in a conference That's with delicious. other opponents. I, it's it's beautiful. That's it's some ambrosia right there. Ooh, Ooh I see what oh, you did there. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, anyway, we will give our our predictions at the tail end of the episode when we do our tipsy ten. But let me just say, I am very excited for this for this game. And even though I'm a little worried because I'm a battered fan, I, that's really yeah. the only yeah, way to I put know. it. I know it's the only way to put it. I'm very excited. I think BYU has a very good chance to blow this one wide open. I'm kind of getting vibes of when we went into the Virginia game, where it's like, mm. you know what? I don't really know what's going to happen, but screw it. Let's go have fun. That's kind of the vibes I'm getting here. It's like, let's freaking go. Let's go. You know where you're getting those vibes? Don't they? I've been 
indoctrinating you guys in those vibes. <laughs> Sending you text messages, talking about it on air. I've kind of already referred to this, but I think BYU fans are going to be surprised at just how good this BYU team is come Saturday. Knock on wood. Love that is the scariest it. thing I've ever heard. I but think I like they're it. going to be surprised. Do we have the faith to leap? Do we have the faith onto the bandwagon? Well, I am the captain of the bandwagon. <laughs> what do you call the person that drives a wagon? I don't know. The the conductor. I conductor. Yeah, train. conductor. The, the trek. The trek dad. The I am the trek daddy <laughs> of the bandwagon. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> Uh, I guess you yep. could be the Trek mom. No, I'm to not be sexist, but I'm tre- no, I'm Trek daddy. Okay, Trek daddy. That's got a nice ring to it. I think. Trek daddy. That's Dude, me. Let's do it. We need a graphic with like a band. It's like the the Sooner Schooner, but royal blue, and Justin's driving it. I'll I'll figure that out. I'll I'll, I'll work on Photoshop. I'll, Stay tuned. I have classes that I don't need to pay attention in tomorrow. <laughs> That's awesome. Any last thoughts about the BYU Baylor game? Get excited. Rise and shout, the cougars are out. That's, that's, my, that's my thought. Oh, I just remembered the other thing I was going to say Oh, from earlier. Let's hear it. So, one of the Baylor safeties was in an interview uh, this week oh. and said, we know Jaron Hall likes to throw to number 12, and uh, we got something for that. Spill the beans. Yeah. Guess what? <laughs> Puka played like four plays last game, and it did. we did not even blink. So, if yeah. they're going to be keen off of Puka... I don't care if Puka's healthy or not. Put him in there, draw four guys to him, and then have Chase Roberts, Terrence Fall, Braden Cosper, Keanu Hill all just go off for 200 yards apiece. I I think they're going to buy way into Puka, which he deserves it. He's yeah, great. for sure. But we yeah. don't need Puka per se to win the game. Nope. And the, like if he plays, great. But I, I think we have j- way more than enough pieces in place to win the game without relying heavily on him like we did last year <laughs> coaching tip puka and gunner get them different jersey numbers for this game oh, oh that's genius why don't people think of that is, is there's got to be an incidentally like there's rule not. about it no nope. well you have to give the roster before the game Gotcha. If you've constantly ingrained into your players' mind in tape sessions, number 12, number 12, number 12, number 12, right. and number 72 walks I guess not 72, but number 26 walks out. Yeah, just trade him with, like, yeah. Terrence Fodders. Why, like, 88 out there, or, like, Braden Cosper. Just switch him. Oh, that'd be hilarious, actually. Puka and Samson should have done that last year. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Awesome. They probably would have. Somebody told them they would have switched. Let's move on before we find something new to talk about. I have one more thing, actually. Oh, oh okay, we found oh, One more there. thing. <laughs> What's the latest with the injury report? Mm. With BYU especially. Yeah. Uh, it's probably relevant. A-Rod today. Oh, or yes. Maybe it was yesterday. Did you have a politician uh, answer? Oh, it was It was a layman's was answer. Guys are going to play? <laughs> <laughs> no. He said, they were like, hey, what's the status of Puka? And he's like, yeah, I can't tell you that. And then he's like, uh, that's something that we're going to find out later. But if I knew, I wouldn't tell you. And then the guy was like, have they been practicing? And A-Rod's like, I'm not answering that. Classic. So, classic A-Rod. Yeah, you know, they did. Like, Puka was in like a TikTok video that BYU posted, though. Okay. Uh, like, on the practice field. I don't know if that was previous footage or not. I will just say, though, I would heavily expect both Puka and Gunnar to play in this game. Yeah, that is the what I'm hearing on the Twitter vine and mm. the you know the talk on online and whatever is that both of them are game time decisions, but hopeful. 
We'll see. Because right. that's what we heard from Gunnar last week, and he did play. So I guess we'll see. I there guess you. we'll see. Uh, Justin, do you have another rant before we go into our college football no, week two preview? That was my rant. That just I, I, <laughs> I basically already said everything, but BYU fans will be pleasantly surprised at how good BYU is come Saturday. I hope you are right because Trek Daddy, Trek, Trek Daddy, Trek Daddy, Lead declare. The Trek Daddy, do declare. <laughs> I like it. All right, let's move into a college football as a whole preview. Um, this week, I won't say there's a bunch of headliners, because there's probably not, right? Obviously, there's Alabama-Texas. Did you guys know that game's going on, by the way? I haven't heard no. anybody talk about it. None of the national media is talking about this game. Uh, Justin, you got your hand up. Yes. I have another rant, actually. Oh, let's go. <laughs> what the heck are you doing, College Game Day, going to Alabama-Texas? I get it. They're two big brands. Fox is televising that Freaking game. Why aren't you going to BYU-Baylor? I get it. I don't know. Maybe you don't want to deal with the politics of what everything that's going on right now. Cool. But come on, man. At least promote the game that is on your own freaking network. And guess what? This game is at a different time than Texas-Alabama, so you're not competing with them. It is actually a ranked versus ranked matchup, so Mm -hmm. that's a plus. And guess what? The spread is less than 20 points. Wow! Can you imagine going to actually a good game that's going to be close? College game day can never down I, with ESPN. I, yeah, it, it it boggles my mind. They have this headliner on their own network, and yet they're going to Alabama, Texas. Makes no sense. It's probably going to be when they go to Alabama A&M uh, on October 8th instead of BOU Notre Dame. BOU and Notre Dame will both be undefeated. A&M will have like two losses, and they'll still go to Texas A&M. Alabama. Notre Dame one loss. Horrible. One loss? I mean, they, oh, they did lose to Ohio State. So. Nuts! <laughs> Just kidding. That was good. I'm glad they lost. Alrighty. <laughs> so, if I understood correctly, at this point, we are going to talk a little bit about the weekend. Like we said, there's not a lot of headliners, but there are good games to watch in every time slot. We're going to go through and point out our favorite ones, but make sure, because you know maybe you like different games, make sure you're checking out the weekend watch guide on royalstrongandtrue.com. RoyalStrongandTrue.com is the home of Jared's weekend watch guides. He works very hard on those. Make sure you're checking them out. It not only includes what time every game is, but the relevance that each game has to BYU season. So top-tier content for your game day. Yes, and you can, you can also find it on my Twitter, at Jared Buckeye, and on the Loyal to Royal Pod Twitter, uh, at Loyal to Royal Pod, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. We'll mm-hmm. put up a link on Instagram yeah. as well. Yes, we will. Anyway, like Justin said, we want to kind of give a quick overview of the weekend. Let's start. What is the biggest story of this week two of college football? I do not want to talk about Alabama-Texas because that yeah. is all I have heard for the past who knows how long. Uh, but other than that, what are the biggest stories going into this weekend? Mine is Tennessee-Pitt. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I think that's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, um, they could have a really good offense this year. With the old Hendon Hooker boy. Yep. Oh, that's a great name. Uh, yep. And Pitt, they just finished a backyard brawl. They're, you know... Emotional high. Got tissues in their nostril, trying to stop the bleeding. <laughs> um, that'll be a wild game, I think. Crazy things could happen. Fun game. So, yeah. Keep an eye on that one. It's also going to be at Pitt again. So Ooh. a bunch of West Virginia fans there, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think one of my biggest storylines... 
going into this is going to be Kentucky Florida. Oh, Jesus Christ just stole my top two. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, just because Florida and Kentucky are both wildly overrated, I think. Yeah. But they're like a good match for each other. Like I, I don't know how else to say it. Um, but I think Florida looked the real deal against Utah, but we're going to find out how good they really are when they go up against the number one projected overall pick in Will Levis in Kentucky mm-hmm. this weekend. No, that's absolute nonsense. Right. The number one. <laughs> sure. I honestly think that this is this is big for Florida because I think they will move up even higher after they blow the doors off of Kentucky. Mm, okay. If you watched Kentucky play, I, I think I, I don't remember if they played Miami, Ohio. Miami, Ohio. That is correct. Kentucky had no offense. Kentucky's offense absolutely sucks with their top receiver now gone. Will Levis doesn't know what to do. Kentucky will not be able to move the ball on Florida, and I think. Richardson will at least be able to put up 21 points, so I'm expecting a double-score victory. Now, one of my favorite games as well, this might be a little unconventional, Wake Forest at Vanderbilt. Ooh, that's Ooh, an interesting game. three at the 10 a.m. slot. Wow. Vanderbilt started out the year 2-0. Vanderbilt is currently When was the last time that happened? What? Which is absolutely insane. Now they have a number 23 Wake Forest team. Is Wake Forest the real deal? Is Sam Hartman healthy now that he's playing? It, this is going to be a very interesting game to me for narratives. And heck, if Vanderbilt wins 3-0, beat number 23 team, could we see a ranked Vanderbilt? We need to see a ranked Vanderbilt. Let's do it. <laughs> I love that one. Uh, one game that I also have my eye on, UNC at Georgia State on ESPNU. I think that one's going to be very interesting. Last week we saw basically the t- same time slot, right? 10 a.m. ESPNU. Uh, UNC was playing... Uh, App, State. App State, and that game was absolutely wild to the finish. So uh, UNC has to go on the road again to another Sun Belt team that is good. I think Georgia State is being overlooked by a lot of people. Um, I think this one could be a little bit hairy as well for the Tar Heels. Quite hairy. Quite hairy. Yeah. Any other games of note this weekend? Uh, I am very intrigued by Arizona State at Oklahoma State. Mm. Uh, that's going to be an interesting one. Arizona State, you know, is is Herm Edwards going to be at Arizona State for another year? I think this game might have a big say in it. Because if he can beat Oklahoma State, maybe he does. If he can't beat Oklahoma State, then he's, follow, he's just going to continue on his downward trajectory. I don't think Arizona State has the Jimmys and Joes to compete. But hey, dumb stuff always happens when Oklahoma plays in the primetime slot. Oklahoma yeah. State, sorry. No, it, you're 100% correct. And from what we saw last week against Central Michigan, Oklahoma State might be reverting to their old ways of scoring 50 and giving up 49. Mm-hmm. So this game could be exciting. Also, Arizona State breaking out the sparky helmets. Mm. They're looking very good. Nice. Adidas, your uniforms suck. <laughs> they've, they've done Arizona State dirty multiple times this year. So just, just saying. No, that's, that's, that's accurate. Down with Adidas. Yep. Uh, anything else we want to hit before we jump into the tipsy 10? Um, one thing that I would like to mention, USC Stanford. That one's going to be on ABC at 530. The spread is only 8.5, which what? you would think it's going to be wildly different with USC's offense. Going to Stanford with their incredible home atmosphere of about 350 people. <laughs> it, it, it just it screams like, <gasps> to me, because USC... Playing at Stanford, like, eight and a half? That's it? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. They scored a lot of points last week. You know, They did have three pick sixes, so I think that's that inflates it a lot. Yeah. It was 
extremely inflated by the three pick sixes that they had. Stanford's going to try to play a very ugly, slow brand of football. I think eight and a half is still a little too low, but not <laughs> levels. Okay. I've, I've definitely got my eye on that one. That one could, could be an interesting one. And with that, let us move into our tipsy 10. Let's now, go. We've already had a little bit of interaction with you guys. We have posted on our Instagram story these games, and you guys have responded. We will include your answers in this. Last week, you guys went 9-1. and one. Woo! Impressive. Your one loss is because you chose you chose Boise State. Uh, you should have known Boise's not a state, so you Amateurs. have to choose against Boise Amateurs, state. all of you. Have you been listening? Absolutely. Uh, Dan, how did you do? Undefeated, ten and zero. Oh, baby! Week. The first time in Royal Strong and True history that somebody's gone ten and zero. What? In the history books. Let's go. Jared. Stop the count. Stop the count. Attaboy, Dan. Uh, I went eight and two, so uh, it was a good week. Yeah, good but week. not quite to Daniel's standards. All right, I went six and four. Not a great week for me, but I do think that I will be able to bounce back. I told you not to go with Bo Nix. I should. Dude, I, I'm so embarrassed that I chose Oregon. Honestly, like I just wanted it so that BYU could like play them, at, like you know, super like, top That's five team. Good reason. Good whatever. Reason. Yeah, you know, it's very fair. They're out of the top twenty-five. I think they'll be back in the top twenty-five by next week. I am super excited to drive to Austin so, and watch that game. That one is gonna be wild. Uh, overall, Dan, you lead by a wide margin, fifteen and two overall. Uh, I am in second, eleven and six, and Justin is one game back from me. Or is it half a game? I never understood one these game. things. One game, one yeah, game, yeah, one game, one game. Justin is at ten and seven. So Dan out with the wild lead. Me and Justin neck and neck uh, for a. I wouldn't say a close second, but we're in second. Stop the count. Um, all right, should we just start? Should we jump right into it? Let's do it. Okay, first game of the week. We have Missouri at Kansas State. 10 a.m. Start your uh, Saturday off with a nice bowl of Cheerios. Uh, 10 a.m. ESPN 2. Kansas State is favored by 7.5 at home in the great city of Manhattan, Kansas. Wow. Never heard of it. (laughs) I've got Kansas State in this one. They're always a frisky team. Good for a big upset. This will not be an upset of any kind, but Kansas State... Can beat anyone, I think. See, I'm really torn on this game because Missouri was supposed to be absolute hot garbage, but their offense put up 52 points against Louisiana Tech, which kind of has me worried. Kansas State, it has a great home atmosphere, though. People are very excited for Kansas State this year. I'm going to have to choose Kansas State simply because I coached one of my NCAA dynasties there. Great, great reasoning. Wow. That'll, that'll get you. That'll get you your pick. Um, for me, I'm going to Kansas State, and here's why. They played South Dakota, which I'm going to say any Dakota school is a good football program, All right. even if it's FCS. However, they allowed zero points, 270 yards. Missouri played Louisiana Tech, who is not great. They did score a lot of points and get a lot of yards, but they allowed 24 points, 347 yards, and were in it in the first half. So I'm going to have to give it to Kansas. Also, Deuce Vaughn. He is a showstopper. Mm. Everybody better tune in to watch this guy. Deuce Vaughn. And what about you fans? All three of us were voting for Kansas State in this one. However, the fans were split 50-50. 50-50 even. 13 Ooh. votes on each side. Wow. Very Look at the engagement. Good job, everyone. Well um, done. Well done. How, how do we want to do this one? Uh, should we give them a half? Just either way, they get a half point. Or That's kind of a cop-out. Well, they also have another split game. 
mm, you know, foreshadowing. Uh, so that's automatic one point. I think they just uh, this won't be included in their record. It, it's just how about we split their split games? We split the split games. So give them a win for one, a loss for the other. Just automatically. Yeah, that way the numbers even out. I think. Sure. Yeah. I don't get with that. I don't care. All right. We'll yeah. figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll let you know. You guys don't episode. care. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Next, probably the best, most competitive, tightest game. It's gonna come right down to the wire. 10 a.m. on Fox. You got the Crimson Tide of Alabama going to Texas DKR to play the Longhorns. What a freaking game! This is gonna be one for the ages. It'll be an instant classic. Uh, ESPN Instant Classic number one game rank uh, on NCAA. Let me stop you there, Jared. Oh, okay. Yo. We had 26 people respond to every poll. This one, 28 people responded, and 100% of them said Alabama would win this football game. The fans are at 100%. I'm also 100% Bama, and Bama covers the spread as well. Bama by a lot. Bama by a billion. I'm coining that. Right. <laughs> I guess we can move Bam on. I don't Bam. know why we included that in the Tipsy 10, but there it is. It's a free win for everyone. College game day. I will say, if Texas beats Alabama in like the one multiverse out there where Texas beats Alabama, <laughs> that is going to end the world. That spooky stuff. That will be the wildest turn of events I have ever experienced in my entire life. But it's not going to happen, so let's move on. Next up at 11 a.m. on ESPN+, Plus, we have the South Alabama Jaguars traveling to Central Michigan to take on the Chippewas. Who do you guys got? Um, you know it's a good game when there's a directional Michigan school. Oh, yep. yeah. Central Michigan is no exception, despite Central not really being a direction. It's just kind of in the middle of it's, all it's the directions. There. It's a locator. Yeah. But yeah, it's a locator. It's a landmark. Disregardless, I've got Central Michigan in this game. Oh, all, all right. right. Who do you got, Jared? <laughs> I listen to this. Listen to this. Central Michigan, five hundred and forty-six yards of total offense last week against number eleven Oklahoma State. Wow. Defensively, they allowed five hundred and thirty-one yards. Ooh. So they lost, but outgained their opponent. Give me Central Michigan. They are going to be the wild. I don't even know what to call it. Bing, bang, boom, boom team uh, of the of the year. Uh, they are very exciting. Classic Mac school. This game is actually going to be really good. I would encourage all of you to tune in. I know it's a weird time slot, 11 a.m. ESPN+. Plus, but if you are out running your errands on Saturday morning, have this one pulled up on your phone, it's going to be 100 times more interesting than anything else in the 10 a.m. time slot. Do you guys remember in Ice Age when the Sloss left Sid for migration? He comes down the tree and he says, they do this every year. Yeah. <laughs> Why? That's how I feel with Central Michigan. They do this every year. They come out and they play a big power five school and they compete. Then they get to the MAC and they crap themselves. <laughs> Obviously, South Alabama is not a MAC team, but it is a comparable conference, them being in the Sun Belt. Um, Basically, the MAC of the South. Give me South Alabama in this game. Ooh, I do okay. think South oh. Alabama is a very good team. They wow. just beat Nichols 42-7. And Nichols okay. is an okay FCS program. <laughs> I think Central Michigan is going to choke. Okay. Right. Quite frankly, I, I don't have any other reasoning. Uh, they did allow 531 yards of total offense. So it's not like South Alabama is going to have any problems getting in the end zone. Shout out to the fans, 96% of which chose Central Michigan. Wow. That's a, that's a pretty high consensus. That has me worried. Has me worried about my pick. Mm. 
But uh, we're going to stick with it. Shout out to uh, Sam Lacombe, who is on my side. All right, Sam. <laughs> and also my wife, Katie. So shout out to her. Whoa, look at that. How about that? It's like you planned it. Next up, we've got one of the games of the week. I think mm. we've talked about it. It's number 24, Tennessee, at number 17, Pitt. Despite being ranked lower or higher, depending on how you look at it, worse, Tennessee's favored by six against Pitt in this one. What do you guys think? That's an interesting number for me because that's basically you're basically assuming like are they going to win by a touchdown or a field goal, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Tennessee is going to win. If I had to pick the spread, I wouldn't know what to say. Probably take Tennessee, but I'm going to take Tennessee just because Pitt probably shouldn't have won the backyard brawl, if we're being honest. Yes, they got that pick six, but West Virginia guys should have caught the ball. Now, I hate it when analysts say, oh, they should have won the game, and so I'm going to treat them as if they won the game, right? Yeah. West Virginia did not win the game. They should have caught it, and they should have scored on the last second, but they did not. However, I do not have a lot of faith in this Pitt program. Uh, the fact that it's at Pitt gives me a little bit of hesitation, but I'm still going to go with you're the only 10 I see. I got to agree with you completely. I think Tennessee has a elite offense. Hendon Hooker is going to come out swinging. I don't think Keenan Slovis can compete. Keenan mm-hmm. Slovis is a good quarterback, but he's not a quarterback that will put up 40 points on you on a given night. Plus, Pat Narduzzi is saying, we want to run the ball more. We want to run the ball more, which is a classic football guy thing to say, but it is less efficient you know, when you look at it from an efficiency standpoint. Well, especially when you're playing Tennessee, who's going to throw the ball all over the field. Especially, yeah, especially in that instance. So give me Tennessee in this game. Yeah, I. Sorry, Dan. One last thing. Yep. <laughs> uh, if you're going to beat Tennessee, you need to be a Purdue, right? That is equally as ignorant of the run game and <laughs> equally just obsessed with the pass game. Pitt is not that. So I agree with you, Justin. All right. I'm going to agree with both of you. I think Tennessee will win and I think they will cover the spread. Ooh. Dan is hardcore Timview. I mean, Tennessee fan <laughs> right now. Yes, sir. Thunderbirds? The fans, much like the Kansas State-Missouri game, were split, despite our unanimity. <laughs> uh, extra syllable in there. Yeah, I, uh, I say we just give them a half. I say, I say we give them a half point for everyone they get. All right. All right. Should we do that? Let's do it. Yeah. You guys have screwed we'll yourselves. Something. We'll do something. All right, moving on. Um, next up, at 2 p.m. on FS1... We got number 25 Houston at Texas Tech. Three and a half point favorites are the Red Raiders. This game last year, Houston lost 38 to 21 to Texas Tech. It was their only loss of the season. It was their season opener. They went on to win 12 straight. Now, can Houston avenge that in Lubbock this time? I'm torn on this. And the fans are pretty torn on it too. Uh, it probably would have been another 50% if an odd number of people had not voted. Ooh. 15 votes for Houston, 14 votes for Texas Tech, only separated by one vote choosing Houston at 52%. Houston was hyped up so much, and then they struggled against UTSA. But for me, that told me more about UTSA than it did about Houston. That mm. UTSA did not drop off as much as I thought they would with Sincere McCormick moving on. I think Houston's going to be a pretty good, dang good team this year. I just don't know that they'll be able to beat Texas Tech. But, at the end of the day, I think I'm going to choose Houston because I do like the revenge. The revenge. Revenge factor is real. Uh, I'm going with Houston as well. 
I think UTSA is probably a better team than they're getting credit for after week one. Maybe we'll see that in the future. And Houston finding a way to beat them, I think, is good for Houston for their you know players' mentalities. Maybe Texas Tech is a good challenge, and this was one of the harder ones for me. But like Justin, I'm going with Houston in the upset. All right, uh, this one is really hard for me because I have no idea what Texas Tech is going to be. Yeah. Yes, they went out and beat Murray State last week, 63 to 10. Who cares? It's an FCS school. Texas Tech has a new head coach that came in halfway through the season last year. Um, three, like, I have no idea what to think of this. I was super, super high on Houston um, to start the year. I thought they were going to be one of the best G5 teams in the country, but I don't know if they're going to be that anymore. So, you know what I'm doing? What are you doing? Hey Siri, flip a coin. Wait, which one's which? I, I don't think Siri I, activated there. Uh, I, I got Houston you, I got is you. heads. Houston is oh, heads. Okay. Flip a coin. It's heads. Alright, All right. Houston. We're going to Houston. Houston. Right. Riding. Cougs, baby. Everybody chose Cougs. Houston, so you know what that means. Cougs with two Dang. O's. Texas Tech's winning it. Next up on the Big Ten Network at 2 p.m., we have Iowa State going on to take on Iowa in the shadow of the Children's Hospital. Oh, okay. Hello. Hello, children. Give them a wave. Iowa is favored by three and a half points. How are you guys feeling on this one? <laughs> the over-under is 40 and a half. <laughs> 40 and a half. Under. Yeah. <laughs> if, wow. if that's me, I'm taking the under, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyway, I this one, I have no idea. I think everybody is overreacting to the fact that Iowa had literally seven points on two safeties and a field goal. I'm actually going to take Iowa, even Whoa. though I know a lot of the a lot of the money is going to be going the other way towards Iowa State just because of last week. I think Iowa is not as bad as they seem. I'm gonna take Iowa in this one. Also, Iowa State just also they love to find random ways to lose this game, and mm-hmm. I think that trend continues. Matt Campbell has never won a game versus Iowa in his entire <laughs> tenure at Iowa, at Iowa State. I think that changes this year. Ooh. I think Iowa is in a terrible situation offensively where there's just been blatant nepotism at the offensive coordinator position. Completely. With yeah. you know, the head coach just hiring his son, even though he had no prior coaching experience. Iowa State did show the ability to score versus Southeast Missouri. Again, it's, it's against an FCS school, so I don't know. Iowa State did record a safety in that game, though. So oh. maybe the final score of this game will be 4 the 2. Who Can knows? We please I get a think 4 2. Iowa State wins this game. I would, I would cry. I'm with Justin on this one. Ooh. Iowa. I mean, they scored seven points in a whole game. No touchdowns even. They have they haven't scored a touchdown all season. <laughs> Iowa State, on the other hand, has scored many. That's why I think they'll win this game by scoring touchdowns. Alright. I have a question for you guys. Let's hear it. If they put an offensive lineman in at quarterback, would he do better or worse than Spencer Petrus? The same. <laughs> the same? <laughs> yeah. It's hard to do worse. <laughs> the same. See, I would say he would do better because he could run the ball. And just bounce off of guys for four yards a carry. Fair enough. That's true. Uh, all right, next game, uh, we're going to the overrated bowl uh, in, what, what what is it, Gainesville? Is that Gainesville, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gainesville. The Swamp. The Swamp. The Swamp. 
Um, heard that stadium is really big, but also it's trash. It I looks believe, cool. It has bells that. and whistles, but yeah, I've heard that like the actual seating is kind of yeah. It's, it's humid. The, the humidity will get you. The humid. Ask what was his number four it's on Utah that threw it twice yeah. on. <laughs> Lots of butt sweat in those seats causes Ooh. erosion. Ooh, some swass. swass. <laughs> um, we're going number twenty Kentucky at number twelve Florida. Florida six and a half point favorites. This one is really interesting. It opened at six and a half. Swung down to four and a half. Mm. Now is back up to six and a half. Mm. So that gets you an idea of where the money is moving. What do you guys take, or who are you guys taking in this one, Florida, Kentucky? I kind of already said my piece on this one, so I'll make it quick. Florida, Florida covers the spread. Yeah, I think Florida wins this one in Kentucky. Not that good. Florida had an impressive win against Utah. I don't know if they're good yet, but I think they're definitely better than Kentucky. Florida is going to win this game. Yeah. Uh, when I was thinking about this game, uh, a little conversation popped into my head. And I saw Will Levis from Kentucky talking with Anthony Richardson from Florida. Okay. And Anthony Richardson asks Will Levis, Hey, why are you guys ranked? Or what are you guys ranked? And, and you know, why are you ranked? And the guy's like, Oh, we're ranked 20th, but we didn't really do much. And then, what about you, Anthony? Anthony Richardson says, Well, we beat number seven Florida. And then Will Levis says, oh, so the same then. Nothing. Both of these teams do not deserve to be in the top 25. If I weren't so low on Kentucky, I might have chosen Kentucky. But Florida is just a better team. Although I will say I don't think Florida is as good as they looked against Utah. I just I, I think that was a little bit of an overreaction. They came out really hyped. I don't expect them to finish better than 7-5 and five this year. But I will take Florida in this game. Shout out to the fans who 70% of which chose Florida. Okay. Next up, we have probably the closest game of our lineup. Ooh, yes. As, as far as Vegas is concerned. It's Oregon State at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Ooh. Time traveling to Fresno State on CBS Sports Network. Oregon State is favored by a single point. Yo. What do you guys think about this one? This is my game of the week. I am slamming this. This will be a must watch. You must record this game. Watch it after the BYU game. Well, after you get home from the BYU game, rewatch the BYU game on TV. Then you turn on your recording of this game because it will be absolutely electric. Give me Oregon State. Okay. I know, I know. It's the Pac-12. We all hate the Pac-12. Let's be honest. Fresno State's going to be a member of the Pac-8 you know, pretty soon. Once Florida or Florida, Florida. once Oregon, Oregon and Washington leave and the Four Corner School leave, the Mountain West will become the Pac-whatever. Oregon State, by one point, give me that push, but I'm taking Oregon State. I'm taking Oregon State as well. They served me well last week, and I think they're probably better than people are giving them credit for thus far. Just like every year, it seems like Oregon State is always a chippy team, and I think they'll beat Fresno State. Although Fresno State is no pushover, Oregon State's gonna win it. I was gonna take Oregon State, but then I saw all of you guys take Oregon State. Mm. I looked at who voted at Oregon State. Our good friends Dom Henry and and Corbin Green both voted for Oregon State. Interesting. It's a clean sweep. The fans also sixty-seven percent Oregon okay. State. Two thirds. Then I looked at Jay Kaner's stat line. Mm. He completed 36 yeah. of his 42 passes. Jake Hayden. Like, that's, that's a again, lot of passes, by the way. He's a dude with Cal Poly. That's FCS. 
Oregon State coming off of dominating Boise State. I, I'm you know I'm gonna have to go with Oregon State. Just, okay. You know, I, I don't like okay. it. I the only reason I will go with Oregon State is I will cite Riley Ross who DM'd us on Instagram mm. saying Fresno State is not a state, therefore they cannot win against a real state, Oregon State. That is something I didn't even factor in. Wise words. Let's lock that up. Oregon State will cover that one point spread. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's a lock. I'm bumping it up. We don't want another Oregon situation. Also, Cal Poly, FCS, 317 yards against Fresno State. Cal Poly is a good program, though. Boise State, a good Mountain West team, 311 yards against Oregon State. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say there. I think Oregon State, Chance Nolan, he's not amazing, but he's good enough to win you games with that great defense they have. Also, their offensive line was the best offensive line, the best rated offensive line in the nation last year. Wow. And they're all coming back. Not bad. So that's, I'd, I'd say that's pretty good. Moving on to 9 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. 9 p.m.? That can't be right. That's got to be 9 a.m. Nope. 9, 9 p.m.? What in the world? Wow. 9 p.m. Fox Sports 1. Mississippi State is favored by 10.5 points. Going to play at Arizona. Now, the fans. How do you guys feel about this one? I'm looking for you. It looks like you guys are taking Mississippi State, 77% of you. How are you guys feeling about it? I think this one is a lot closer than the spread makes it look. Arizona's coming off of a win against San Diego State, which is a solid win. Yep. Mississippi State is coming off a big win over Memphis, another good win. These are both kind of... You know, not the premier Power 5 teams, you could say, but they may be on the rise, which makes this one a hard one for me. In the end, I'm going with Arizona. Let's go! Arizona at home in the upset. I I don't know why exactly, but I feel like they're going to win this game. Dan's on a hot streak. I, I feel like we should listen to Dan. <laughs> I have no reasoning for this one. <laughs> Besides they're at home, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Bear down. It's going to be my downfall. Playing in Mexico? I mean, Tucson? Bear down. Um, I, I don't really know what to think about this one. I agree with Dan wholeheartedly that it's way closer than the spread indicates. Um, I know Mike Leach is going to come out and throw the ball 500 bajillion times. Oh, yeah. But Jaden DeLaura, is, he's a good quarterback. He yeah, faced him last year. Giannis is very good. He, he's good. He's got lots of experience now. Will Rogers threw the ball. 49 freaking times Goodness in Mississippi gracious. State's last game against Memphis, which they won 49-23. to 23. Yeah. They scored as many points as balls he threw. That's insane. That's 49 passes? That's efficient. Jaron Hall set an all on a, like a career record for completions with 25. And wow. this guy threw 49 passes. Jaron Hall threw like 32. Uh, that's insane. That's absolutely wild. That is wild. Dan... I'm riding with you. Right. I'm riding with you. You're on a hot streak. I I feel the same way where I don't know why I'm picking Arizona. It's probably an overreaction. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm trusting the hot hand here. I, agree. I, can't, I can't go against Dan, the hot hand. I got to take Mississippi State on this one. I think this is where I will make up some ground. Um, I think Mississippi State's a really good team this year. Defensively, they are a step ahead of where they were last year. And this is, what, year two of Mike Leach or year three? Year three, I think. 
whatever year it is, I know like around this time is when Mike Leach offenses tend to take a giant leap forward. Mm-hmm. I don't think Arizona has the defense to compete with that quite yet. Give me Mississippi State in this game. All right. So the Mississippi State. Oh, uh, fun fact: the fans, seventy-seven percent of them, chose Mississippi State. All right. The ESPN FPI has Mississippi State winning this game seventy-seven percent of the time. Wow. Fancy Interesting. Seventy-seven percent. These fans are just looking at the FPI to get their uh, get their votes in. They're Come on, scheming. guys. Uh, finally. On to the main course, the best game of the weekend. We have your BYU Cougars taking on the Baylor Bears, ranked ninth. It is, I can't remember the last time a top 10 team came into Provo, but it's going to be absolutely wild. I think I know who we're all taking here, but let's give our final thoughts on the game and our score predictions. I want to go first on this one. Okay. I think BYU fans are going to be pleasantly surprised come Saturday. That's probably the fifth time I've said that phrase. I think BYU is going to play an extremely, extremely explosive and incredible brand of football. They're not going to try to jump ahead and bleed out clock either because they are looking to make a statement heading into the Big 12. I do think that we win this game 34-14. to 14. Ooh. Okay. 34-14. to 14. I, I'm also going with BYU, in okay. case you were questioning that. I was, but thank you All right, for clearing it. I think Baylor's going to score more than 14, I think. I think they'll be around 27 range. Okay. However, BYU's offense will dominate the day. I think the final score will be to this BYU versus Baylor game on Saturday. At 8.15. Mountain time. <laughs> on ESPN. In 4K, by the way. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. Being broadcast we never 4K. had that. I think it'll be 49.27. Okay. Okay. Interesting, Danny. You were four points off from me. Wow. I think BYU is going to be explosive. I think Baylor is also going to put up points just because of style defense BYU plays. But it won't matter in the end. I'm going 45-27 to 27 right. for BYU. I agree it's going to be high scoring, but I think our defense is going to give up pointages. Um, but it's going to be that classic Tuiaki where it's like the score at halftime is going to be like 35-10. to 10, And then we'll just play that style of, of football where it's just like, let's get out of the game with a win. We score 10, they score 20, but we still end up winning by two scores. Now, I do want to say one thing on this. BYU was chosen by 91% of our listeners. What? Just 91%. Just 91? I will say, we had around 26 votes on every poll. We did get 34 on this one, so more participation. Uh, Shout out to Dom Henry and Corbin Green, who voted that BYU would win. Not Calvin Ridley, by the way. The three of you who voted... Let's hear the heretics. Do you want to hear them? We're naming them. Drag them. These okay. are wanted humans. You asked for this. Let's do it. Jenny Call. Oh, mom! <laughs> that mom. better be a misclick, Jenny. Uh, Sam. For, uh, Sam all this. Uh, That's my sure. cousin. Yeah. And uh, Riley Ross, who is the same person that said the Oregon State, Fresno State thing. I am now recanting the fact that I agree with him, and I'm oh. switching my pick oh. to Fresno State. 
Oh. You know what? Usually I would not allow that, but I'm definitely going to allow that because that is a heinous crime that Riley has committed, and therefore all of the words that he has henceforth spoken are now considered void. Preach, brother! Period. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts before we leave on college football week two as a whole or BYU versus Baylor? Somebody throw down a B. Yo, BYU is back. About to get on track. We're about to run all over this Baylor team. We're going to score so much it'll feel like a dream. Yes. Listen to this. Jared is wearing a Nike shirt. BYU is going to throw Baylor in the dirt. I am also going to be wearing a Nike shirt. Now I will not be wearing a skirt. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> Biggest home game we've had in a long time. Oh, yes. Let's win it. Yep. Get excited, folks. Uh, I would also like to point out, we'll be doing a tailgate mm. sponsored by the Royal Strong and True Podcast. Another one. We'll be in the tailgate lot. Look for us. We'll be around four-ish, probably. I don't know. Come whenever you want. Uh, we'll be there until probably an hour before game time. I don't know. Um, but... Come check us out. We'll have flyers. We'll have games, food, uh, soda. We'll have the big games on, obviously. Be watching football, playing football, playing some cornhole. Um, so, yeah, come check us out. Also, the weekend watch guides. Uh, I've had a ton of people ask me about the weekend watch guides. I've been working on them in class, at work, and people are like, dude, what are those? And I'm like, all right, sit down. Let me explain this to you. And I walk them through the whole thing. And like today, this girl's working on it. She was like, yo. I need that. Where can I find that? So, yes. everybody, tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know that loves college football. Check out at Jared Buckeye on Twitter, at Loyal to Royal Pod on Twitter, and go to the Royal Strong and True website and the Weekend Watch Guides tab in the little drop-down menu. They are a must-have for Saturdays in the fall. RoyalStrongandTrue.com is the perfect place for you to be. It has all the Weekend Watch Guides. It will soon have articles. Jared writes a ton to go along with his weekend watch guides too. A lot of funny synopses. Make sure you're reading that as well. It has links to all of our social media sites and everywhere where you can find this podcast. Though if you're listening to this right now, I think you've already found the podcast. Probably. Yeah. But okay. maybe your friends or family have not, so share it. Send them the website. Do it. Uh, just a little teaser for you guys. This week, on the weekend watch guide homepage for week two, you can click to find the weekend watch guide and there's also a little uh, synopsis, little analysis thing I wrote where I compared the best games of the weekend to food items. Mm. There are some such as onion rings, water, crumble cookies, biscuits and gravy, oh. wheat thins and easy cheese, wow. and a small shake from JCW's. So go check out those. See what you think. Let us know. Uh, we'll be posting that on the Instagram, the Twitter, like we said. Brilliant stuff. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are super glad that you decided to spend this time with us. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a five-star review, share the episode with your friends, and make sure to download. It helps out more than you can know. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal2RoyalPod. Follow Jared on Twitter at Jared Buckeye. And, follow, and visit our website at RoyalStrongAndTrue.com. We are excited for this Baylor game. We know you guys are too. We can't wait to get back to you with the recap. We love you guys. Thank Bye now. Thank you. Bye now.